Welcome to Barkology, the ultimate podcast for dog lovers and aspiring trainers. I'm Chantelle. And I'm Angelique. And we're going to be taking you on this thrilling journey into the wonderful world of dogs. Every week we'll delve into canine behavior and training, offering you insights, solutions and inspiration to help you unleash your dog's potential. So today I'm going to be interviewing Chantal <laughs> for once she's in the in the guest seat and we're going to be talking about separation anxiety but how to prevent that actually with puppies so kind of like a learn time training because we all know prevention is better than cure so Chantal do you mind just quickly telling us why you are qualified <laughs> for separation anxiety in particular so I am a separation anxiety pro trainer as well as being a behaviorist. So yeah, I did a long course on separation anxiety and it's one of those things I'm really interested in as well. And it's quite a complex behavior if your dog does suffer from separation anxiety. So yeah, it's just a real fascination of mine. And it's probably one of the most difficult behavior problems as well to resolve as well in terms of time and logistics and everything as well so I think as well if we just define separation anxiety as well because I think some people can get a bit confused with what it exactly yes. is as well yeah. so it's if you think of separation anxiety as like the main kind of umbrella term if you like for dogs mm -hmm. that struggle to be left home alone so they typically show behaviors that might that they kind of show the dog if, that show the dog is exhibiting fear or anxiety. Sometimes a lot of people might think that because their dog has been left home all day and they've chewed up the furniture or they've dug up the garden or that kind of thing, they might automatically assume that is separation anxiety, but that can sometimes be a boredom and frustration behavior. Whereas dogs that yeah. genuinely have a fear when their owner leaves them for longer than what they can cope with it's like the equivalent of us having like a panic attack or an anxiety attack you know they are so distressed they can't think logically at all and they literally panic and they do certain behaviors that as they show that they are fearful they are anxious so it's just yeah working on those behaviors and actually teaching the dog to be calm and neutral when you leave because I don't think any dog is particularly happy when their owner goes yeah. out you know there's always going to be some kind of mild disappointment there but it's what they do after you leave you know can they yeah. settle and, and can they, they relax yeah. And, yeah and an important part of doing that is actually training that and making sure that when you get your puppy you start doing it pretty much, you know, once your puppy is settled in and you start to give them as many positive experiences as possible. Obviously, you can never guarantee that your dog isn't going to get separation anxiety. Sometimes there are just other factors that get in the way, you know, that even if you have had positive experiences and your puppy has had, you know, lots of alone time that has been nice and calm and everything sometimes these things just happen and yeah yeah they do and actually just to go back a little bit so the majority of sort of separation anxiety cases we get here in South Africa are actually just four dogs 
people think they have separation anxiety but really they're just left in the garden for like yeah. 10 hours alone and they're digging and they are pairing up the irrigation system mm -hmm. and barking a lot right yeah. so yeah. that's not necessarily separation anxiety like sure it could be but most likely your dog is maybe bored um but to get back to the puppy so what are some of the things that you do to set your puppy up, you know, for the best chance at not getting separation anxiety? Because I know a lot of puppy schools don't mention this. They don't teach this. So it's not even something people know they should be doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So first of all, like what you just kind of mentioned about dogs being bored and everything else, that's probably the first thing I always look at is that making sure my dog's needs are being met as much as possible, especially from a puppy's point of view as well. You know, we forget that our dogs were originally bred to work for one reason or another. You know, very few dogs were originally ever bred to be pets. You know, you get the odd toy breeds that were bred to sit on our laps and, and so on. But the majority of dog breeds were meant to hunt or guard or, you know, herd, do some kind of job. And the problem is when they're in a pet home and they're not given anything to do, then they do get bored. And I think with the majority of behavior problems that I see, right. whether it's separation anxiety or not, it is a case of just making sure the dog's needs are being met as much as possible, because if their needs are satisfied, 100%. then they are going to be calmer and they are going to be more settled. So that definitely goes for separation, any sort of separation training as well. Um, so first of all, say one of the first things I do, like if I was to say, leave my puppies for any length of time, I say or always make sure that they've had some form of like physical exercise. I've had some sort of mental training. You know, I can just want to make sure that their needs have been met, you know, perhaps give them something like a yeah. chew or a puzzle or, you know, something like that, for instance. Um, another thing that I always like to do with my puppies as well is to create a nice safe space for them as well. Yeah. So that could be a crate. It could be a pen. It could be a small room, you know, somewhere where the dogs feel safe. And it's a bit like, you know, us having our own bedroom, for example, or a child having their own bedroom, you know, something yes. like a crate or a pen, you know, that when they're in there, they're safe, they can't get up to mischief, because obviously with puppies, you have to watch them, you know, you're, you've got the house training, mm -hmm. they're going through biting issues, you know, they don't know the rules of being in a house and what they can and can't chew on and you know all that sort of thing so in the yeah. same way that you wouldn't leave a toddler just unsupervised in a house you know with them doing their own thing the same thing is true for a yes. puppy as well so I spend a lot of time just making sure that I, I, I both crate train and I have puppy pens as well. I like both of those um, pieces of equipment. And I spend a lot of time just making sure that it's a real positive interaction with them. You know, I, I will sit in the puppy pen with my dogs and I'll feed them and do tricks in there with them and, you know, just be in there with them. Because again, I think a lot of people use something like a pen as a way to put the puppy away yeah. from them and they create that space away. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the dogs then freak out. They don't like it. And so it's your dog isn't going to feel safe if they don't feel happy in the area that you put them exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think the separation training, it's just a little more trickier with puppies to begin with, just because that you can't just leave them in one room to begin with you know until you you fully trust them 
Um, so, so yeah, so that's one of the first things I would do. And, you know, you can just use your, their own food to play food games in there. I would stuff food toys, um, you yeah. know, play tug, like give them chews and things in there, but say, I would always sit in there first with them, give them something mm -hmm. to do. And then once the dog is happy for a few days, I might then sit outside the crate or outside the pen. Okay. And again, I'll just yeah, stay. With them inside. Yes. Yes. So there is like a, just a barrier. Obviously you can't get into yeah. a dog's crate unless you've got a really big crate. <laughs> I would just kind of sit in there, you know, but sit there next to them by them. So, so yes, yeah, so I just basically, you just don't want to kind of have any kind of fear in any part of the training at all. So, you know, the dog's emotional brain is quite similar to ours. And if they have one negative experience compared to mm -hmm. 10 positive experiences, they're going to remember the negative experience much more. Same as us. Okay. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so that's one of the first things that I would do. I also as well, I don't leave them alone until I know that they can actually kind of really cope with it as well. So even at nighttime, for mm -hmm. example, like, especially with puppies, nighttime anxiety can be a bit of a thing. And a lot of owners might have their puppies downstairs in a crate and they're upstairs and then the puppy is crying downstairs and so on. Yeah. So I personally eliminate all of that. I have the crates upstairs mm -hmm. with me and then the puppies in a crate next to my bed. And then that way, again, they feel safe, but they're still in there. Yeah. safe space and you know I can hear if they do start fussing and they do need the toilet I can then go out take, take them, them out. take them out yeah so I think creating that safe space is really really important to begin with um another thing that I would do as well is really observe my puppy's body language as well so I can see Yes. um signs of how are they feeling potential yeah. anxiety and how they're feeling and so on and when we are doing things like separation anxiety training or basically teaching them to be left alone you want to make sure as I say that you're not instilling fear in any part of the program at all and a lot of dogs will give off much milder signs of behavior to show that they're feeling anxious way before they get to like say yeah. the barking the howling the being destructive or... biting. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so I do look for those like molder types of signs and I make sure that the dog is happy you know is content and feeling calm and that there's no fear at all um, I teach my dogs to settle as well. So that's something that I also really like to do. Like that for me is mm -hmm. a key skill anyway, just teaching a puppy yeah. to relax. And I practice then teaching them to settle in their crates or in their pens as well. Um, because I think if they don't know that life skill, then teaching the pen type training. Difficult. Can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say sort of if your puppy can't relax on their bed with no barrier, they might not be ready actually for relaxing in a crate, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is the opposite of what a lot of people do, right? They'll stuff a puppy in a crate because they can't relax on a bed, mm -hmm. you know? So that's that's the wrong association. We don't want that negative association with the yes. crate or the pen or any yeah. barrier because that's yeah. going to cause more problems in the long run, actually. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay, so you do all that and then do you gradually just sort of build up you know, the amount of time that you leave your puppy alone for? 
Yes. And I basically do it in literally much smaller steps than perhaps what other people do to begin with. So, you know, I will start off by literally perhaps just once my puppy is okay with being in the pen and I might always give them something in there to do so that they're not bored and say, make sure they, yes, and make sure their needs have all been met as well. Because again, I'm not going to do separation training, say first thing in the morning, for example, when they've been asleep all night and they're full of being crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> you're just going to set yourself up to fail. So, you know, yes. I'm gonna have to take them all out for a walk or do something with them in the garden or do some training. And then once I see the puppies naturally starting to settle, then I will do it around the time that they then are kind of feeling more sleepy or around nap time, for example. And I also teach them to go in and out of their pens or in and out of their crates on cue as well. So, and I will do lots of rewarding with that as well. So I like to give the dog choice as much as possible. And actually I find just by teaching them to go in and out, it becomes a fun game for them. And so therefore Mm -hmm. they enjoy going you know or they might see me grab some food for example or their bowl or a kong and they actually go flying into their pens or crates I remember when Samba was a puppy and I always feed my puppy separately from my adult dogs to begin with and I always fed her in her pen and she'd know like she would literally you know have see me preparing her food and then go and, away for you <laughs> yeah and she would literally go like to the other side of the room and just sit in her pen and just wait and that for me as well tells me that she's quite happy being in there because it's a real positive association so and I even yes. have the pen up now and any kind of chew or anything I give them like now I don't separate her from eating but she chooses to go in there because she feels yes. safe in there so once they do that, then you can then start perhaps just walking away from your puppies so that they're aware that you're leaving, but then you can just come back in again. And you don't necessarily need to say anything to them or make a big fuss or anything like that. You're literally just kind of flitting around almost and like taking, Mm -hmm. for some puppies, you know, separation training is more important than for others. You know, others might not care as much. Um, There are certain breeds that seem to struggle with it a bit more more. than what others do. Um, So with those particular breeds, you know, I might start off by just taking one step away and then going back towards them. And you can drop in a piece of food if you want to, or, you know, your presence can also just be a reward as well. And once they're okay with that, then perhaps take two steps and then go back and then three steps. And then you're literally building up step by step until you can then leave the room for like one second, come back in again, and then two seconds, come back in again as well. So you're almost kind of making it boring for the puppy because you're doing it so repetitively (laughs) that it's the puppy's just like, oh, okay, she's going, but she's coming back again and it's fine. And you almost want that kind of attitude. Yes, exactly. Whereas you don't want the puppy kind of standing up on their back legs looking to see where you're trying to escape waiting for you yes yeah Yeah. so it's just teaching them the coping skills with being on their own as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then so I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make is wanting to build up too quickly Mm -hmm. and not observing the signs right so they think it's okay because their puppy's sort of sitting like maybe jumping up you know against the fence but they are not barking or scratching or something like that that their puppies are fine but I think it's just important to look at like those micro signals before you get the big signals right like if you see any sign of your puppy maybe being a little bit anxious when you're alone or when they are alone you know away from you 
then you need to go back you know, yeah. make it easier because your puppy's not ready for that step yet. Yeah, absolutely. And a good way, like, so some owners might not be able to tell if their puppy is feeling anxious or not. And a good way yeah. to be able to tell, because again, every dog is different. Every breed is different. And again, even, you know, dogs within the same breed all have different kind of body language cues and things as well. Mm-hmm. So the best thing to do is to actually write down what your dogs do in different emotional states. So say, for example, if you're yeah puppy is feeling relaxed and you can do this with adult dogs as well um you know if your puppy is feeling relaxed and they're settled for example like look at what all their body is doing like what are their ears doing what is their mouth doing what 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 behaviors are they exhibiting how's their tail and everything and then compare that to say when they're playing or when they're greeting a stranger or when they're greeting you or if they see something yes when out that's new and they've not seen something like that before like so a potentially kind of stressful anxious situation and if you just really really watch their body language and you'll then start to kind of pick up the real micro signals of behavior that your yes. dog offers yes. so that's the best way to be able to read your dog is to really really observe and just write down what it is your dogs do in those particular days and um lily chen i think who's also Mm -hmm. that famous sort of artist does a lot of drawings for a lot of dog professionals she also has a book on dog body language that's Mm -hmm. really a nice simple illustration that we that we kind of love using as all for students so just if anybody is interested in that yeah i think it's worth purchase Yeah. yeah There's also a website called silentconversations.com as well. That's we all on dog yes. body language. So that's also a really useful resource yeah, as well. That's also a good one. Mm. Um, okay. So is that it, Chantal? Anything else you'd like to add? There's loads more, but I think that's like a good starting <laughs> point. I could go on forever about separation anxiety. Um, but yeah, the main thing is say is just making sure that your puppies are never fearful in that yeah, situation yeah. there's still kind of a lot of advice about letting your dogs cry out and not going back no. until your dog is yeah. actually you know calm and settled but if your dog is actually anxious and they're having a bit of a panic attack then it's mm. best to get to them right away you know you're not rewarding yeah. barking behavior if they're fearful because you can't actually reward fear so it's no, no. To to them and then just realize okay they can't cope in this situation so yeah. we need to look yeah. at adjusting yeah. the training accordingly. And if you don't know what to do, yeah. and if you are concerned about your puppy, you know, get yourself a dog camera um, so that you can actually just watch and see what your puppies yes. are doing. And, you know, if they are exhibiting signs of anxiety, then yeah, speak to someone that can deal with separation anxiety. That can help you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. So I think major takeaway points for me is work at your dog's pace and always think about how they are feeling what emotion are they experiencing and ideally for our puppies it should be like relaxed confident you know when they are alone if they're experiencing anything else you know kind of besides calm relaxed you know confident being alone then you might want to work at a slower pace and go back a few steps and do everything gradually you know so you start super easy with you in the crate or in the pen with them <laughs> ideally not the crate if it's really <laughs> small um but in the pen for them maybe and then just outside and then progressively until you sort of you can leave the room and then you can do it maybe for longer periods of time yeah is that it 
absolutely and it's just being patient <laughs> and being consistent it's um this is not That's a quick it. fix and it's again no, no. he's okay with being left home alone it's just yeah building that time up very very gradually and just making sure say they never have a frightening experience yeah but once again prevention it's better than cure it's a lot easier training your puppy to do this than you know trying to help your dog who's already ha- had yeah. separation anxiety for two years right mm-hmm. so start now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thanks Chantal it's a pleasure